Chapter One of Book Two of De Anima by Aristotle, translated by R. D. Hicks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter One. So much for the theories of soul handed down by our predecessors. Let us then make a fresh start and try to determine what soul is and what will be its most comprehensive definition now there is one class of existent things which we call substance including under the term firstly matter which in itself is not this or that secondly shape or form in virtue of which the term this or that is at once applied thirdly the whole made up of matter and form matter is identical with potentiality form with actuality and there are two meanings of actuality knowledge illustrates the one exercise of knowledge the other now bodies above all things are held to be substances particularly such bodies as are the work of nature for to these all the rest owe their origin of natural bodies some possess life and some do not where by life we mean the power of self-nourishment and of independent growth and decay consequently every natural body possessed of life must be substance and substance of the composite order and since in fact we have here body with a certain attribute namely the possession of life the body will not be the soul for the body is not an attribute of a subject it stands rather for a subject of attributes that is matter it must follow then that soul is substance in the sense that it is the form of a natural body having in it the capacity of life such substance is actuality the soul therefore is the actuality of the body above described but the term quotes, actuality is used in two senses in the one it answers to knowledge in the other to the exercise of knowledge clearly in this case it is analogous to knowledge for sleep as well as waking implies the presence of soul and whilst waking is analogous to the exercise of knowledge sleep is analogous to the possession of knowledge without its exercise and in the same individual the possession of knowledge comes in order of time before its exercise hence soul is the first actuality of a natural body having in it the capacity of life and a body which is possessed of organs answers to this description we may note that the parts of plants as well as those of animals are organs though of a very simple sort for instance a leaf is the sheath of the pod and the pod of the fruit the roots again are analogous to the mouths of animals both serving to take in nourishment if then we have to make a general statement touching soul in all its forms the soul will be the first actuality of a natural body furnished with organs hence there is no need to inquire whether soul and body are one any more than whether the wax and the imprint are one or in general whether the matter of a thing is the same with that of which it is the matter for of all the various meanings borne by the terms unity and being actuality is the meaning which belongs to them by the fullest right it has now been stated in general terms what soul is namely substance as notion or form and this is the quiddity of such and such a body 
suppose for example that any instrument say an axe were a natural body its axity would be its substance would in fact be its soul if this were taken away it would cease except in an equivocal sense to be an axe but the axe is after all an axe for it is not of a body of this kind that the soul is the quiddity that is the notion or form but of a natural body of a particular sort having in itself the origination of motion and rest further we must view our statement in the light of the parts of the body for if the eye were an animal eyesight would be its soul this being the substance as notion or form of the eye the eye is the matter of eyesight and in default of eyesight it is no longer an eye except equivocally like an eye in stone or in a picture what has been said of the part must be understood to apply to the whole living body for as the sensation of a part of the body is to that part so is sensation as a whole to the whole sentient body as such by that which has in it the capacity of life is meant not the body which has lost its soul but that which possesses it now the seed in animals like the fruit in plants is that which is potentially such and such a body as then the cutting of the axe or the seeing of the eye is full actuality so too is the waking state while the soul is actuality in the same sense as eyesight and the capacity of the instrument the body on the other hand is simply that which is potentially existent but just as in the one case the eye means the pupil in conjunction with the eyesight so in the other soul and body together constitute the animal now it needs no proof that the soul or if it is divisible into parts certain of its parts cannot be separated from the body for there are cases where the actuality belongs to the parts themselves there is however no reason why some parts should not be separated if they are not the actualities of any body whatever again it is not clear whether the soul may not be the actuality of the body as the sailor is of the ship this then may suffice for an outline or provisional sketch of soul chapter two but as it is from the things which are naturally obscure though more easily recognized by us that we proceed to what is clear and in the order of thought more knowable we must employ this method in trying to give a fresh account of soul for it is not enough that the defining statement should set forth the fact as most definitions do it should also contain and present the cause whereas in practice what is stated in the definition is usually no more than a conclusion for example what is quadrature the construction of an equilateral rectangle equal in area to a given oblong but such a definition expresses merely the conclusion whereas if you say that quadrature is the discovery of a mean proportional then you state the reason we take then as our starting point for discussion that it is life which distinguishes the animate from the inanimate but the term life is used in various senses and if life is present in but a single one of these senses we speak of a thing as living thus there is intellect sensation motion from place to place and rest the motion concerned with nutrition and further decay and growth hence it is that all plants are supposed to have life 
for apparently they have within themselves a faculty and principle whereby they grow and decay in opposite directions for plants do not grow upwards without growing downwards they grow in both directions equally in fact in all directions as many as are constantly nourished and therefore continue to live so long as they are capable of absorbing nutriment this form of life can be separated from the others though in mortal creatures the others cannot be separated from it in the case of plants the fact is manifest for they have no other faculty of soul at all it is then in virtue of this principle that all living things live whether animals or plants but it is sensation primarily which constitutes the animal for provided they have sensation even those creatures which are devoid of movement and do not change their place are called animals and are not merely said to be alive now the primary sense in all animals is touch but as the nutritive faculty may exist without touch or any form of sensation so also touch may exist apart from the other senses by nutritive faculty we mean the part of the soul in which even plants share animals however are found universally to have the sense of touch why this is so in each of the two cases will be stated hereafter for the present it may suffice to say that the soul is the origin of the functions above enumerated and is determined by them namely by capacities of nutrition sensation thought and by motion but whether each one of these is a soul or a part of a soul and if a part whether it is only logically distinct or separable in space also is a question the answer to which is in some cases not hard to see other cases present difficulties for just as in the case of plants some of them are found to live when divided and separated from each other which implies that the soul in each plant though actually one is potentially several souls so too when insects or analyta are cut up we see the same thing happen with other varieties of soul i mean each of the segments has sensation and moves from place to place and if it has sensation it has also imagination and appetency for where there is sensation there is also pleasure and pain and where these are desire also must of necessity be present but as regards intellect and the speculative faculty the case is not yet clear it would seem however to be a distinct species of soul and it alone is capable of separation from the body as that which is eternal from that which is perishable the remaining parts of the soul are as the foregoing consideration shows not separable in the way that some allege them to be at the same time it is clear that they are logically distinct for the faculties of sensation and of opinion taken in the abstract are distinct since to have sensation and to opine are distinct and so it is likewise with each of the other faculties above mentioned again while some animals possess all these functions others have only some of them others only one it is this which will differentiate animal from animal the reason why this is so must be investigated hereafter the case is similar with the several senses some animals have all of them others some of them others again only one the most indispensable that is touch now quote, that by which we live and have sensation close quote, is a phrase with two meanings answering to the two meanings of quote, that by which we know close quote. 
the latter phrase means firstly knowledge and secondly soul by either of which we say we know similarly that by which we have health means either health itself or a certain part if not the whole of the body now of these knowledge and health are the shape and in some sort form the notion and virtual activity of that which is capable of receiving in the one case knowledge in the other health that is to say it is in that which is acted upon or conditioned that the activity of the casual agencies would seem to take effect now the soul is that whereby primarily we live perceive and have understanding therefore it will be a species of notion or form not matter or substratum of the three meanings of substance mentioned above form matter and the whole made up of these two matter is potentiality and form is actuality and since the whole made up of the two is endowed with soul the body is not the actuality of soul but soul the actuality of a particular body hence those are right who regard the soul as not independent of body and yet at the same time as not itself a species of body it is not body but something belonging to body and therefore resides in body and what is more in such and such a body our predecessors were wrong in endeavouring to fit the soul into a body without further determination of the nature and qualities of that body although we do not even find that of any two things taken at random the one will admit the other and this result is what we might expect for the actuality of each thing comes naturally to be developed in the potentiality of each thing in other words in the appropriate matter from these considerations then it is manifest that soul is a certain actuality a notion or form of that which has the capacity to be endowed with soul chapter three of the powers of soul above mentioned namely those of nutrition appetency sensation locomotion and understanding some living things as we remarked possess all others some others again only one plants possess the nutritive faculty only other things along with this have sensation and if sensation then also appetency where under appetency we include desire anger and wish but all animals have at least one sense touch and where sensation is found there is pleasure and pain and that which causes pleasure and pain and where these are there also is desire desire being appetite for what is pleasurable again they have a sensation concerned with nutriment touch being such a sense for it is by what is dry and moist hot and cold that all living things are nourished and these qualities are perceived by touch whereas the other sensibles are not except incidentally for sound colour and odour contribute nothing to nutriment while flavour is one of the tangible objects hunger again and thirst are forms of desire the one for what is hot or dry the other for what is cold or moist flavour is as it were the seasoning of these we will deal with these in detail hereafter at present let it suffice to say that all animals which have the sense of touch are also endowed with appetency whether they have imagination is not clear this too must be considered later some have in addition the power of locomotion others 
that is to say man and any other species like man or possibly superior to him have also the thinking faculty and intellect from this it is clear that there is one definition of soul exactly as there is one definition of figure for there is in the one case no figure excepting triangle quadrilateral and the rest nor is there in the other any species of soul apart from those above mentioned again a definition might be constructed which should apply to all figures but not specially to any species of figure and similarly with the species of soul above enumerated hence it would be absurd here as elsewhere to seek a general definition which will not be properly a definition of anything in existence and will not be applicable to the particular irreducible species before us to the neglect of the definition which is so applicable the types of soul resemble the series of figures for alike in figures and in things animate the earlier form exists potentially in the later as for instance the triangle potentially in the quadrilateral and the nutritive faculty in that which has sensation so that we must examine in each case separately what is the soul of plant of man or of beast why they are related in this order of succession remains to be considered there is no sensitive faculty apart from the nutritive and yet the latter exists without the former in plants again none of the other senses is found apart from touch while touch is found apart from the others many animals having neither sight nor hearing nor sense of smell also of those which possess sensation some can move from place to place others cannot lastly and most rarely they have the reasoning faculty and thought for those perishable creatures which possess reason are endowed with all the other species of soul but not all those which possess each of the other faculties have reason indeed some of them have not even imagination while others live by imagination alone as for the speculative intellect it calls for a separate discussion meanwhile it is clear that an account of the several faculties is at the same time the most appropriate account of soul chapter four the inquirer who approaches this subject must ascertain what each of these faculties is before he proceeds to investigate the questions next in order and so forth but if we are asked to state what each of these is that is to say what the cognitive sensitive and nutritive faculties respectively are we must begin by stating what the act of thinking is and what the act of sensation is for activities and functions are logically prior to faculties but if so and if a study of the correlative objects should have preceded these objects will for the same reason have to be defined first i mean nutriment and the sensible and intelligible consequently we have first to treat of nutriment and of generation the nutritive soul belongs to other living things as well as man being the first and most widely distributed faculty in virtue of which all things possess life its functions are reproduction and assimilation of nutriment for it is the most natural function in all living things if perfect and not defective or spontaneously generated to reproduce their species animal producing animal and plant plant in order that they may so far as they can share in the eternal and the divine for it is that which all things yearn after and that is the final cause of all their natural activity 
here final cause is an ambiguous term which denotes either the purpose for which or the person for whom a thing is done since then individual things are incapable of sharing continuously in the eternal and the divine because nothing in the world of perishables can abide numerically one and the same they partake in the eternal and divine each in the only way it can some more some less that is to say each persists though not in itself yet in a representative which is specifically not numerically one with it now the soul is cause and origin of the living body but cause and origin are terms used in various senses accordingly soul is cause in the three senses of the word already determined for the soul is the cause of animate bodies as being in itself the origin of motion as final cause and as substance clearly it is so as substance substance being the cause of all existence and for living things existence means life and it is the soul which is the cause and origin of life furthermore actuality is the notion or form of that which has potential existence manifestly too the soul is final cause for nature like intelligence acts for a purpose and this purpose is for it an end such an end the soul is in animals and this in the order of nature for all the natural bodies are instruments of soul and this is as true of the bodies of plants as of those of animals showing that all are means to the soul as end where end has two senses the purpose for which and the person for whom moreover the soul is also the origin of motion from place to place but not all living things have this power of locomotion qualitative change also and growth are due to soul for sensation is supposed to be a sort of qualitative change and nothing devoid of soul has sensation the same holds of growth and decay for nothing undergoes natural decay or growth except it be nourished and nothing is nourished unless it shares in life empedocles is mistaken in adding that in plants in so far as they strike their roots downwards growth takes place because the earth in them has a natural tendency in this direction and that when they shoot upwards it is because the fire in them has a similar tendency upwards he is wrong in his view of up and down for up and down are not the same for all individuals as for the universe on the contrary the roots of plants correspond to the heads of animals if we are to make identity and diversity of organs depend upon their functions besides what is it that holds together the fire and the earth tending as they do in opposite directions for they will be rent asunder unless there is something to prevent it while if there is it is this which is the soul and the cause of growth and nourishment some holds the nature of fire to be singly and solely the cause of nourishment and growth for it would seem that fire is the only body or element which of itself is nourished and grows hence fire might be supposed to be the operative cause both in plants and animals whereas though it is in a sense a joint cause it is not a cause absolutely it is rather the soul which is so for fire goes on growing to infinity as long as there is fuel to be consumed but in natural holes there is always a limit or proportion which determines growth and size but this belongs to the soul and not to fire to form rather than to matter 
the nutritive faculty of the soul being the same as the reproductive it is necessary first to give a definition of nutriment for it is by the nutritive function that this faculty is separated off from the others the common view is that contrary is nutriment to contrary though not in every case but wherever each of two contraries is not only generated by but derives growth from the other for many things are derived from one another but not all of them are quantities thus the sick man becomes well but it is found that even the contraries supposed to derive growth from each other are not fed by one another in the same way while water serves to feed fire fire is not nutriment to water it would seem then that it is in the simple bodies above all that of two contraries one is nutriment and the other is nourished yet here is a difficulty it is said by the one side that like is nourished by as well as derives its growth from like while the others again as we explained hold that contrary is nourished by contrary on the ground that like cannot be affected by like while food undergoes change and is digested now change is always in the direction of the opposite or of the intermediate state further nutriment is acted upon by that which it nourishes and not the latter by the former just as the carpenter is not affected by his material but on the contrary the material by the carpenter the carpenter merely passes to activity from inaction but it makes a difference whether by nutriment we mean the final or the primary form of what is added if both are nutriment the one as undigested the other as digested it will be possible to use the term nutriment in conformity with both theories for in so far as it is undigested contrary is nourished by contrary and in so far as it is digested like by like so that clearly both sides are in a manner partly right and partly wrong but since nothing is nourished unless it possesses life that which is nourished must be the animate body as such so that nutriment also is relative to the animate being which it nourishes and this not incidentally merely there is however a difference between nutritivity and conducivity to growth in so far as the animate thing is quantitative what is taken promotes growth in so far as it is a definite individual what is taken nourishes for the animate thing preserves its substance or essential nature and exists as long as it is nourished and it causes the production not of that which is nourished but of another individual like it its essential nature already exists and nothing generates itself it only maintains its existence hence the above described principle of the soul is the power to preserve in existence that which possesses it in so far as it is a definite individual while nutrition prepares it for activity therefore it cannot live when deprived of nutriment there are then these three things that which is nourished that with which it is nourished and that which nourishes it the last of the three is the primary soul that which is nourished is the body which contains the soul that wherewith it is nourished is nutriment as however it is right to name all things from the end they subserve and the end here is reproduction of the species the primary soul is that which is capable of reproducing the species that with which the living thing is nourished may be understood in two senses just as that with which one steers may mean the hand or the rudder 
the former the hand both causing motion and being moved the latter the rudder being simply moved now it is necessary that all food should be capable of digestion and digestion is promoted by heat this explains why every animate thing has warmth this then is an outline of what nutriment is it must be more clearly defined hereafter in the discussion devoted specially to it end of chapter four of book two recording in memory of mitchell edwards